if I walked into a room and went up to someone I didn't know and started licking them, right. I would get seriously <laughs> frowned at. In this week's episode, I talked to Richard McKeon, brand ambassador of Swedish whiskey company MacMira, as we taste their 2011 single malt Special Six bottling. And we hear what the whiskey god has to say about it. And I am this week's thing. Yeah, you are. Don't forget, we love to hear from you, especially your tasting notes. So please let us know what you think over on our social medias. Uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Whiskey and Things and on Instagram at Whiskey and Things Podcast. And if you remember, please rate, review and subscribe on all your favourite podcast platforms. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things Podcast with Dave Giles and Nick Kent. Welcome to Whiskey and Things, episode 17. You are Dave Giles and I am Nick Kent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what happens Let's get that clear. Let's get that clear, yeah. everyone. How I'm you, glad mate? you straightened right. it up. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, mate. I love this jacket you're wearing. You like it? Well, I yeah. thought, as we're tasting our first Swedish whiskey today, I thought I'd wear their colours of their, of their country, you see? The blues and the yellows. It looks more purple than blue on this screen, I'm not going to lie. Trust me, it's a beautiful blue. You look like you're auditioning for uh, the Joker. Is it that purple? It's, uh, on the screen, it looks purple. Oh, right. No, it's a lovely, like, ultramarine blue, mate. Very nice. Well, a, it looks very smart, and it, and it really brings out your eyes. Thanks. Well, you know me, I can't resist a Zara jacket right, I with know, a biker I collar. <laughs> Oh, mate. Right, so we crack on. We're doing yeah, things a bit different this week, right? We're mixing things up a bit today. Um, well, we're going to go straight into an interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're doing it on a Saturday this week, actually, because um, I was lucky enough to sit down with the brand ambassador of MacMira here in the UK, Mr. Richard McKeon. Yeah, we had a great little chat about the origins of the company and how they do things a little bit differently over there in Sweden. So, um, so this, this, is, this has come out of the blue. Yeah, and the reason it, it come out, basically, I fo- this week in my preparation for the show, I followed McMira on Twitter from our Whiskey and Things Twitter account and people associated with it. And then they got in touch as a result of that. They followed us and that's how this all came about. So this wasn't intended on happening this week. No, it's completely but it's, it has happened and we're really excited about it. So it's great that uh, one of the companies have got in contact and said, hey, we want to help you out, make this show. So uh, yeah. Um, it, I, I, I'm fascinated to hear more about this company because you have told me that they're interesting. So uh, It's really interesting, especially when it comes to their attitudes to conservation and sustainability up there. It's, it's really good. It's really good. All right, let's listen then. Let's crack on. This is Richard McKeon. Whiskey Bots roll out. Cool. Richard, welcome to Whiskey and Things. Um, the story about how MacMira started is quite a fun one. Could you give us a little background of the skiing holiday and the, the mates just hanging out. I thought I'd be happy to, yeah. So um, it was yeah, a skiing holiday. So 1998, um, our eight founding members were on holiday together. They, it was something that they did once a year, all friends. And their tradition had been to always bring uh, a bottle of something along, a bottle of whiskey along. Um, there's a, a huge appetite for um, uh, scotch and, and whiskey in, in Sweden, but there'd been nobody making anything, not, at least not malt whiskey. Yeah. Um, I think sometime in the 60s or 70s, there was a small grain distillery, but no one making any malt. <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, they, the, the eight guys, well, the eight founders, 
they're together, they, they're having their whiskey, they're, they're talking, and um, I don't know how far through the bottles they got before somebody had the bright idea of, of creating the first sort of Swedish malt whiskey and, and building a distillery. None of them had any background in it. Um, none of them, no one was distillers, no one was, was a, any, you know, no brewers in the group. Um, so they spent the next few months uh, traveling Scotland, going to different distilleries, speaking to people and, and trying to find out really where to start from the absolute beginning. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they really researched it. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, and they probably had some good fun out there too. <laughs> I think uh, most of, a lot of the, um, the information they got on, on peating came from time spent at Lefroy. Yeah. Um, and then go fast forward slightly to 17th of December, 1999, and the first uh, spirit came off the stills. Wow. Uh, or the still, uh, a still that they had, had hand-built themselves. So they, in, in that time, whilst in their research, they'd also gone to, uh, I think, an agricultural museum, something like this, where they had um, a still there. So they, they built a replica of this still. And the one that we built was just a little 100-litre, handmade. You know, they, they made it themselves and just started wow. making whiskey in, basically in a, in a shed. And it wasn't until 2002 that they moved into a, a proper distillery and um, the Brooks Distillery. Well, I love the fact they went through that. Usually the ideas I come up with over a glass of whiskey with my mates just <laughs> it doesn't seem to follow through for some reason. I don't know why. So, you know. But the thing is, yeah, you're saying it's the first, it was the first malt whiskey. I'm guessing because all the ingredients were up there, you know, you got the, the fresh water, the barley, you know, everything was needed. And they were the first ones to go through with it. Yeah, well, so there's, there's been lots of different um, spirits distilled in Sweden, lots of different beers. So there's lots of people, um, the ingredients required, you know, there's lots of them around. And all the ingredients we use are, are Swedish ones as well. So I think um, they're quite forward thinking guys. And even back in, you know, 98, 99, when they were trying to work out what they wanted to do going forward, uh, they were thinking, well, uh, provenance is going to be important. And we've, we've had a farm to table craze over the last decade or so you know people want to know where things have come from but in you know 20 years ago the founders were, were putting that together and, and thinking like that so um all our barley is swedish barley um by yeast we use a, 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 a baker's yeast a swedish baker's yeast called uh, i'm gonna mispronounce it and anyone swedish listening throughout will probably um, <laughs> uh, wince every time i attempt something like it but kronjast uh, Yeast, which is a Swedish baker's yeast, and said, and used to make right. sweet dough, so sweet um, you know, pastries and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the the peat we use is from the um, Cardin Mossen bogs. Again, my pronunciation of it, um, which is, and but everything is within fifty kilometres of the distillery, so it's all very local. And they wanted to have something that had a, a Swedish footprint. Everything wanted to be Swedish. So. I've seen as well Swedish oak has contributed to the flavour. Well, but they they set out. So I said all the ingredients are from Sweden. All of our Swedish oak is, is 100% uh, Swedish, but we use cask from elsewhere. But when they set out, they wanted just to use Swedish oak. Yeah. Um, the, the problem with Swedish oak is it's so overpowering. Um, so even in our uh, one of our core range expressions, Svensk Ek, which means Swedish oak, right. um, only 10% of that whiskey has, has been in, in Swedish oak. Why is it so harsh, do you think? The, the speed that it grows, perhaps, um, Oak wasn't native to Sweden, so it's only actually been there from the 1830s. It, it, it's all on one island as well. So it's in a lake in the middle, sort of central Sweden. Yeah. But it's, uh, I think about 300,000 or so oak trees have been planted there. Um, planted in the 1830s because uh, Sweden needed ships being built. Mm -hmm. um, needed ships for, for, you know, for the Navy, for commerce, for you know, you know, empire, everything like that. But when they planted it, it just took so long to grow 
Um, I think I think it was sometime 140 odd years later that uh, the government got a, a telegram or a, a fax or whatever it might be, and uh, and said, "Yeah, we've got your 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 trees are ready to build your ships." But by that point, they'd been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, steel, uh, <laughs> steel was around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, for, for some time, I think it was eighteen in the eighteen sixties. The first steel ship was um, was built in, in the Americas. Yeah. So it was only 30, 30 years after the trees had been planted, and they were already, you know, op- their, their purpose was obsolete. So, but that's good because it left left it for the whiskey. Left it for whiskey for further down the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing because it, it takes a long time to grow. I'm guessing the grain will be tighter. Yes, the rings yeah, closer so, together. So that obviously will affect the flavour. Can you tell me a little bit about the interesting warehouses used to age the whiskey? Yeah, well, there's um, there's a number of them around. I think the um, the one that everyone gets most excited about is the the, the Budas mines. So they're about uh, 35, 40 kilometers away from the warehouse. Um, a huge series of mines um, down under a mountain, about 50 meters underground. But anyway, you drive down. It's, it's a long drive to get down to the bottom. Um and as, you, as soon as you open the door, I'm yet to go. Um, I was hoping to be there at the end of March for the first time, but I haven't been able to with, with everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, but from everyone that, that I've um, listened to with some degree of jealousy, as they've told me about it, as soon as you get out of the car while you're down there, you're just hit with this that heavy angel share hanging in the oh, air. Yeah. The um, humidity is kept a, a, a constant 99%, uh, temperatures between 7 and 9 degrees Celsius. Everything's wow. very constant down um, yeah. which has an effect on, on the aging process as well and gives it a, a, what I'm told is a, a, a softer sort of maturation. It's, it's not quite as... The temperature fluctuations when you go to certain countries, certain climates, you know, it is massive. So you have huge amounts of, of interaction with the wood, but in, uh, in extremes, whereas in the warehouse, it's, it's much more... that The pace is different, I should say. Much more laid-back... Laid back aging, I guess. Yeah, laid back. Wow. <laughs> that's about it. And that, that's where that's where the bulk of our whiskey is um, is mature. But we have um, uh, warehouses in, in in forests close by to the distillery. We have a, a very small warehouse where some of our, our private cask owners of thirty liter casks that we have um, can have theirs maturing uh, on top of a mountain. Where um, again, some distance away from the distillery, we have. A, um, a small, if it's probably six meter diameter across, maybe six, seven meters, yeah. um, mountain top bar, bar, bistro, cafe, that sort of thing. And, and underneath is a small circular room full of casks. I think I've seen a picture of that. It's above the clouds. It's an amazing sight. Yeah. Do they take visitors? It's, it's something special. Do you have to be like a partner to go up there or uh, do they take podcasts, uh, you know, up there? <laughs> well, I think I can always ask for you. I think they'd be happy to have something <laughs> up there. Yeah. Might have to sort that one out, I think. But even there, so up, up there, you know, you've got altitude that, that affects the way that something yeah, um, matures as well. And then uh, we've got a number of other warehouses dotted around, and, and one of them is on a, a tiny island, sort of it, j- just off of Stockholm itself. And on one of those islands, we have another warehouse that's um, built into an enormous rock that used to be an ammunition store. Wow. Um, ammunition store, sorry, for, um, for, for the military, and, and the last line of, of defence for Stockholm at one point. And now it's, yeah, now it's, it's filled up with 30 litre casks. And if you want to come over and sample your cask, if you're happy to, or lucky enough, sorry, to, to own a, a cask there, you can come and um, yeah. standing a rock and, and, and see how your cask is coming along. That's very appealing. I'm not going to lie to you. Your second distillery, the Gravity Distillery. Tell me a bit about that. Gravity came, so it came on uh, 2011, 2012. Um, it's uh, a 35 meter tall vertical distillery. Yeah, that's about seven stories, right? That's it, seven yeah. stories. So on the on the, the top the top floor, um, 
Uh, well, basically, to explain, each floor is a different stage of the uh, of the process of the distillation process yeah. and, and whiskey making process. So, uh, we have a grain elevator outside that sends all the barley up to the top. It's it's cleaned and, and sieved up at the top. So that's um, level seven. Then the the, the next level will then be um, milling. Next level down mashing. Then we've got the, the wash vats on, on the third floor. Distillation takes place on the second floor. And then the, the ground floor is where all the new make and everything right. is stored. Um, and so gravity distillery, because instead of pumping everything from one room to the next, you know, um, not in a horizontal fashion, um, we, we save an enormous amount of energy, something close to 45% from what we, what we had um, been using our previous distillery. That's a lot. That is so much, isn't it? Massive. And it's, it's very important. Everyone in Sweden is quite forward thinking when it comes to the environment and things like that. Mm. So for, for us, it was a natural progression, I suppose, or just something to do. It's, it's, I think it's the first one in the world. I'm not sure of any other gravity distilleries around. So there we go. That was Richard McKeon. Interesting, right? Very. Yeah. Absolutely. He's got a great voice as well. Good voice. Do you know what? He reminded me of the English version of Matt Wicks from the New Zealand Whiskey Collection from episode one. Yes. Bit of a callback there. Yeah. Uh, but his knowledge and enthusiasm about the subject, it, it gripped me in the same way as, as listening to Mr. Wicks did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, fascinating. Like so, some of their processes. And I, I yeah, it's, it's just entertained me a lot hearing about this. And I, I'm sitting here with this little bottle in front of me, dying to try it and knowing that we can't yet because we've yeah. got to do two more bits before we get to our tasting bit. It's funny, um, straight after, when we were talking about this, the gravity distillery there, after that he went on to talk about the fact that 95% of glass, or near enough, in Sweden is recycled. 95%. Wow. I know, right? So they, they, they have a bottle, a released bottle there, where it doesn't have a label. Instead of having a label on it, it has this kind of metal plaque with all the details on it, which is held on with this thick rubber band made out of recycled bike tyres. Yeah. So when you finish the whiskey, instead of keeping the bottle as a souvenir, you take the rubber band off with the plaque and you keep the plaque. And then Amazing. you and then you recycle the bottle. It's stuff like that. It's, you know, such a fresh way of looking at things. Did you then research how much we recycle glass in the UK? I didn't. I don't want no. to know. Uh, yeah, it's probably depressing, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Probably very depressing. And other things which are interesting, like the peat they use is from land which used to be under the Baltic Sea. So again, they're going to have very different characteristics to the Orkney peat, which has heather in it, and the Isla peat, which is very salty. Um, they're Swedish oak cask staves. Right. Yeah. Stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. Am I getting too geeky for you? No, you're not. In the not too distant past, Nicholas. Yeah. You were making fun of the fact that we were tasting the wood. <laughs> and can you taste the wood? Yeah. It was a whole hashtag we were going to have and use because we couldn't do it. No, I'm not saying like, I can. I'm taste? just telling you what they, you know, the process <laughs> for them. Within within that whole interview, I'm just sitting there going, Dick's <laughs> really getting into this whole woodlark, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he's changed. He's changed. <laughs> Mate. I was really hoping you were going to be like, yeah, but can you taste the wood? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at one point you were talking about how how tightly packed the wood was or something. I, yeah, I don't know. You, you lost me. Tight grain, yeah. yeah. So uh, your knowledge has come on leaps and bounds, Nicholas, as I'm sure we're here I'm loving more it. of in a couple of weeks. I'm but, loving uh, it. But yeah, the, uh, let me get back to the casks, mate. The, yeah. the casks, the staves. Right, they uh, make. Most, tell me about the flavour of this wood. I'm not telling you about the flavour. I'm telling you about the fact that, well, I will actually. Um, 
<laughs> when most companies build a barrel, they have to dry the wood first. And most of them, they, they put them in a kiln to dry them up. These guys don't. They air dry it for two years before they make the barrels, before they, you know. So there's less tannins in the flavour, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> cool back to episode one. Yeah, less of that Swedish oak stave stuff. Yeah. We'll hear more from him in a little bit, right? Yes, we've got a second part to that interview later on. Excellent. Stick around. Just get the things over with. Just going to uh, have a bit of water here, Dave, because we've never gone this far into an episode without having a little drink. And I'm quite thirsty. <laughs> I'm a little bit parched, Nick. Oh, I'm a little bit re- refreshing I water. Yeah, you, you came prepared with, with some water. All I've got on the thing is a little bit of, a little bit of sauce, a little bit of chilli <laughs> sauce. I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> Desperate times, mate. <laughs> yeah. Desperate measures. Well, right. things, this week's things or things. This I don't have anything. No? No. Uh, your video last week with Mr. Nick Parker has gone down very well. That's gone down well. Yeah. Thanks for everyone so, who's watched uh, it. Um, congratulations on well, that. Thanks. He did all the hard work. I just uh, laid down five minutes of bass, if that. Lay down that bass. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Lay down that bass. So does that mean the things element is on me this week, Nick? Yeah. The pressure's the, on, is it? Yeah, I haven't got anything. Things are you, mate. You're the things. I've di- I did the interview. You do the things. Oh well, that's I'm good. I'm I'm happy with that arrangement this week. So, because uh, because Nick, I've got something to plug, a serious thing to plug here. Yeah. I've released a song. It actually did come out. It did come out this Friday. week. <laughs> yeah, got the date right. Good, and uh, and it is out. It's called Maggie Knows. Uh, it's a song I wrote in January, uh, as part of. I know. I know. I recently talked about the Windrush um, songwriting workshop. Well, the the first workshop. The, the reason I got that gig was because I did a workshop in January. I applied to be part of a songwriting workshop in January, which was a cross-generational collaboration songwriting workshop. Uh, very long. That's a bit convoluted, isn't it? That's but good. anyway. Thank God we haven't had any whiskey yet. I'm not going to exactly. get that Exactly. There's no way I was going to say that. So essentially, there were six songwriters and there were six people from a group called the Hackney Elders. Um, and we all got paired off and we had to get to know this person over a two-day period and write a song about their story. Uh, and I got paired with Maggie. Now, this was just the most wonderful experience I've had as a songwriter, getting to know this person and seeing these other relationships form in the rooms that we were in. We did it at Cecil Sharp House, Cecil Sharp House in Camden, and it was just a wonderful experience. I didn't know any of the songwriters. Uh, I didn't know any of the elders. And by the end of the two days, there was a bond between everyone. You'd seen that it, it really focus me on the power of music. And I, I, I often don't like saying things like that because I think it can sound a bit, um, you know. Pretentious. Twee. Yeah. yeah, pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, well. Um, Sometimes it's I the only language you can use and it's it, true. Yeah. So. I, I think this really highlights it. When, when, when writing songs is your job or performing songs is your job, you can sometimes forget how impactful they can be yeah. because it's what you do. And we were, we were collaborating with people who, had, who were telling their stories and then seeing the story that they knew, they knew these stories, they were seeing those stories come to life in music and seeing the emotional response that, that the music added to the stories and their reaction to the stories was just wonderful. And it reminded me why I do this. Yeah. Uh, so that was wonderful. So this song has come out. It's on, uh, it's on all, your, all the streaming platforms. Uh, I haven't yet made a musical, music video for it, but it's out and I'm really happy with it. Uh, Nick played bass on it, didn't you? I did. A while ago now. We recorded this before lockdown. Yeah. Uh, we had 
Nick on bass, and you played uh, played alongside Sean Monaghan on drums. Yes, uh, she's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yep. Uh, so Sean won UK Americana Instrumentalist of the Year at the Americana Awards this year, which is a big deal. So big deal. nice one, Sean. And and I met her in January and was like, oh, I would like to use her on some songs. So it was great pairing the two of you together and seeing you two work together was oh, wonderful. It was a joy. Bear in mind, yeah. bear in mind you never even met and you're going into a room playing a song you'd never even heard before and yeah. the two of you bounced off each other and it was wonderful. That's the thing. For people don't know, like our takes were done together. It was me and her in a room. That was the take together. It wasn't, we weren't separate. It was great. Yeah, it was lovely. Locking it down. And it, uh, yeah. And then we had uh, Joe Harvey White, a friend of mine from the old days. Remember I was in a band called The Riley's Nick and I you do. took photos of us at Shepherd's Bush Empire. I do, I do. And the support band was a band called Stereo Decade. Do you remember that? Vaguely, vaguely. Yeah. Well, um, that support band. A long time ago. The, the guitarist of that band has gone on to become one of the best pedal steel players there is in the country. And we bumped into each other in January. And alas, I was like, Come and play on my my record yeah. on this song. So he did, and then uh, we had keys played by Kevin McKendry, who played on uh, played organ on my album in Nashville. Uh, recently won a Grammy. Of course he did. Uh, so Why he played he? piano and organ. So it was yeah. <laughs> sing, sing was out. Go and listen. I'm I'm really pleased of how this has come out. I I learned how to mix uh, through doing this, and it sounds wonderful. The performances are wonderful, and. The song has got a special place in my heart because of how it came about. It's great, man. I listened to it a bunch yesterday. Thank you. Um, yeah. You reached a few plays yesterday on that, didn't you? Yeah, we got to about 1,100 by midnight. So that was all right. That's Can't all argue right. with that. Can't argue with Just that Just on Spotify. Yeah, that was quite nice. It was it was pleasant. So uh, happy days. Happy days. Nice to be releasing something new as well. Sweet. Well, well done. Well done, Dave. Thank you. Thank Hopefully. you. Shall we, shall we crack on with the next part of this interview then? I, yeah. I want to hear some more. Yeah, let's do so it. I'm, of course. I'm guessing you're going to ask him more about this whiskey we're drinking now, right? Yes. This week, uh, yeah, the special six is the whiskey we're doing this week. So we kick off the second part of the interview talking about that. So here is, again, Richard McKeon. Lovely. The whiskey we're trying today on the, on the podcast is called the special number six. It's from 2011, but um, could you tell us a bit more about the casks and the process that went into this edition and what flavours we should expect later on when we have a taste? Yes, yeah. So casks that went into this, it was a mixture of um, ex-bourbon, uh, ex-oloroso and uh, Swedish oak. So they're the three cask types that have gone into it. But then there's also been a range of different cask sizes from 30 litres to 200 litres. Right. So... 30 litre casks are where the Oloroso and the Swedish Oaks come from. 30 litre to 128 litres were those, and then the, the 200 litres were mostly bourbon casks. Um, it came out in, in summer 2011. This is It came out long before I started with the company, so I think you'll be trying this before I have tried it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've only got a little <laughs> bit. We only have the little uh, drinks by the dram sample bottles, and I've only well, been able to <laughs> Okay, but, but you haven't tried it yet? No, not yet, no. Um, it's a single malt as well, so obviously local malt. Single malt, so all, all of our barley comes within 50 kilometres of the distillery, um, so all on farms from within 50 kilometres. Mm. Um, it's, take, it's taken off to uh, Viking Maltings, which is uh, uh, a, a maltings near Gothenburg, southwest of Sweden, uh, where it comes back uh, to us. But we actually, uh, we haven't got any peated um whiskey in the one that you've got now, but uh, incidentally, our, our peated runs that we do, our peated barley, we uh, malt and peat those ourselves on site. Oh, great. So our, our unpeated recipe, which is you've got, you've got there, all comes from, um, from Viking maltings, but local barley that um, 
yeah, it's from, yeah, from our area. Yeah. Um, but you're looking, so on that, I can tell you the official notes for it because I, I'm afraid I haven't tried it to be able to give you any of my own. But um, you look at fruity and floral. Um, you might find things like heather, honey, ripe pears, apricots, um, butterscotch, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, interested to see what, you know, yeah. what you think when you've had Interesting yeah. to uh, compare those with our Whiskey Gods notes later on as well. <laughs> yes. See if he's picked those out. Um, so the, the, the casks, though, I think I mentioned earlier that one of our um, warehouses, uh, I did actually, in fact, next to um, Stockholm, a tiny little island next to Stockholm, yeah. the whiskey you've got there was aged in those warehouses. So they're used really predominantly now for our private cask program. Um, but the one that you've got uh, was aged inside of this rock in an uh, in old munitions store, oh. you know, on a, a t- tiny little island, you know, just, just outside of, of the, the city of Stockholm. That's awesome. Um, no, I'd like to know that. Yeah. Um, as I said, this one's been discontinued, um, but which more permanent MacMira bottling would you recommend for our listeners if they were going through oh. for the first time? My personal favourite of the moment is uh, is that the uh, the Herdetid, which is this, this one here, which is um, uh, Amarone wine finish. Oh. So I love all different types of, of red wines and especially red wine finish whiskies and things. Um, and this is from Massey, which is a, a really, really good producer of, yeah. of Amarone wine. Um, that's one of my favourite. But from the, the, the permanent ones, so depending on when people might be listening to this, the core range would always be around. The core range is made up of, of Mac, Brooks Whiskey, Svensk, Swedish Oak, and Svensk Rook, um, which is Swedish Smoke. And if you ask me what, what I'd say to the readers, it depends. If, if you like a peated whiskey, I'd go straight in and, and try the Svensk Rook, Swedish Smoke. Yeah. Um, that's a really good place. I think at, at festivals and things, that's... Um, that, that's the one that that's, if someone comes up and says, I've never tried Swedish whiskey, you've got one whiskey to try and convince me. That's often the one that's put in front of them. Right. That's the white label. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 50 centiliters bottle. Uh, a third of it is, is our peated recipe, which is uh, initially the PPM, well, that would be 64, 65. Okay. But then we only use, we use a third of that distillate um, in the uh, in, in the final product. So two thirds of it would be unpeated. Right, right. It's about as Swedish as you can get with that. So I think we, I mentioned that we, malt and peat our own barley. Yeah. We also do something uh, a bit different to our peating process too. Um, we're not limited or by the uh, any precedents that have been set before. You know, Scotland, for example, there's a lot of history and heritage and um, change can't happen quite as fast perhaps and there's lots of things you have to sort of follow on from what's been done. We uh, aren't limited with any of it and one thing that we do have history-wise, I should say, is 2,000 odd years or whatever it might be of in Sweden and, and Scandinavia, they will flavour and, and preserve their foods by burning um, juniper twigs, dried juniper branches um, underneath them. So in our peating process, once the peat's you know, glowing hot, we will throw uh, a small amount of dried juniper branches and juniper yeah. twigs onto the peat. And it gives it a, a profile unlike anything else um, you would have ever tried. Yeah, imagine. And um, yeah, ca- campfire in the rain is a sort of, a note that I've heard one or two people say, or, or, or to a similar effect at least. Yeah. And um, I think it's a very, very interesting whiskey to try. And um, 46.1%, not chill filtered, um, no colouring added, that sort of thing too. Um, as I said, it's, it's a very Swedish whiskey, that one. But Svens Ek, again, um, Swedish oak, another <laughs> Swedish whiskey. That's a good place to start too. Dark chocolate, black pepper, dark. So our, our fruits are, are part of the, MacMira DNA is um, like apples, pears, bananas, I think I've mentioned. Yeah. 
but with the Spence Eck, what the, the Swedish oak has, has almost, I, I describe it as a, a cooking effect on those fruits. So even with just 10% of the whiskey in our Spence Eck, having seen, uh, spent any time in Swedish oak, um, it, has, it has a cooking effect. So instead of, of you know, fresh orchard fruits, fresh apples and things, mm. you get baked apples, you know, or a toffee apple and, and, and baked pear things. And yeah, and if, if that's the sort of thing you like, you know, darker, richer, slightly more heavier, um, or yeah, I think that's this, the, the Spence Eck is a good one to go for. Nice. Um, I like I like I like them all in the core range, and I could talk to you about all of them. But most of the two, I think that um, are permanent things that, that someone could go and find anytime they want. Cool. And lastly, we're called whiskey and things. What unwhiskey related thing have you missed during the lockdown? Well, I've been well going outside is probably one of them. But um, on uh, on my government sanctioned walks, you know, when that was all we were allowed. I think I, I, I very much missed being able to say hello to, to dogs that I walked past. Oh, and, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I bet they missed he- saying hello to you as well. No, they're, so they're, well, they must have just been soaking through all these people that, that they're used to just walking past someone and um, someone will stop and, and say hello, give me a little scratch behind the ear, yeah. but none of it's happening now. Why isn't anyone loving me anymore? <laughs> these rejected dogs everywhere. I know, yeah, poor guys. <laughs> Whiskey! So there we go, Dave. Somebody else who missed petting dogs on the uh, on the time off. Just, just don't, <laughs> don't get it. Don't understand it, do you? <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't see him and 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 think. Oh, do you know what? I want to. I want to. It was Charlotte, wasn't it? Before we mentioned it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you just didn't understand it. But uh, I don't. I don't, Nick. I don't understand the appeal of going up <laughs> to something that isn't mine and stroking it. Well, that's wonderful. Can we get back onto the whiskey now? Of course, of yes. course. That was um, that, another another fascinating part there. Of, uh, <laughs> Glad you hearing, enjoyed the other part. You know, hearing not- about hearing about this Mac Myra and the and the company. And do you know what? I really want to try those other. I'm I'm really hope we get to try some of those other uh, whiskies because yes, um, we we'd selected the one we're about to drink because I don't know why you selected it. I you selected, selected it because one. I wanted to try some other whiskies, not bourbons, right. not something from around the world. So I saw a Swedish whiskey, Swedish whiskey. Try saying that when you're pissed. It's like Sean Connery, Swedish whiskey um, from around the world. So we, I just chose it and um, it was the Mac Mira. But it was obviously the special six, which was from 2011. So you can't really buy it anymore. Good year. As well, like I had to cut the interview down quite a bit because we talked for 38 minutes, I think it was. So we actually also talked about another release called Intelligence which is the world's first whiskey blended by artificial intelligence. Okay, right. Let, let, let's leave that there. Right. Because I have a feeling we could end up talking about that for days, Nicholas. And I think we should just... We will. I think we should just wait. Hopefully we have to try that in the future and actually... Hopefully, yeah. Call back to, call back to that. But that does sound crazy. It does sound crazy. And I'm guessing that will be in the full interview available on Patreon for those... Correct. ...who are on our Patreon page. Yes, over at patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things. And we also talked about the Motorhead whiskey release, which they also do. So that's on there as well. Um, but we might also be trying that in a few weeks as well. So that's nice. why. So hopefully. Not, not, uh, uh, ice. Nice indeed. So thank you to Richard for joining us this week. If you want to find out a bit more about MacMira, head over to www.macmira.com. Um, and you can, that's where you can find out about the processes and the islands and the beautiful mines they're aging everything in etc if you're in the uk and you might want to purchase a bottle go to macmira.co.uk and on socials you can find them on twitter at macmira 
and Instagram at MacMira Whiskey. That's whiskey with no E. Well, look at that. MacMira. Are we going to tr- do it now? Is that what you're telling me? MacMira. We're ready now. Are you ready to have a drink now? <laughs> MacMira. <laughs> MacMira. <laughs> no, look, we both know that I'm the expert here when it comes to pronouncing things. Yes. So, <laughs> shall I do it? Shall right, we switch so- roles? Here we go yes. then. This week's whiskey is the MacMira Special Six Summer Meadow. <laughs> Beautiful, Dave. Sorry, is it, I, I'm now confused. Is it the MacMira or MacMira? It's MacMira. MacMira. Well, right. you know, it's whatever you want. Again, as long as you, uh, you're able to order it at a bar, you can say it however you like. We're going to pour now. Here we go. So as we heard from Richard, um, this is ex-bourbon casks, sherry casks, and some of that beautiful tight-grained Swedish oak in here as well. So is this a blend? Yeah, of a few different casks, yeah. But obviously right. it's still a single malt. It's malted barley. Um, so it is classed as a single malt because it's from the same distillery. Right. It's very on the eyes, Nicholas. It's very pal. It is. It's, it's quite clear. On the nose, as soon as I opened the little bottle, I was hit with flowers. Yeah, that floral note. Very, very floral. It's very pretty. Very perfumey. For me, those apricots hit me, or apricots, however you want to say oh, it. Oh, def- there's definitely an apricot vibe, isn't there? Yeah. Those fruits. Um, and it's got a Christmas cakey vibe a, a bit as well. There's a little bit of that on the nose. Tiny bit. That'd be the cooked fruit vibe, I think. Yeah. Cook- yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite enjoying that, the smell yeah. of that. It's quite nice. So uh, stop sniffing. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. You got well, yeah, different ones got- last week. Mine was uh, oh, stop yeah. posing. Um, with- stop posing with the nosing. Stop posing with the nosing. There it That's is. it. Stop sniffing, get sipping was get yours. Sipping. That was yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we'll go with that. Catchphrase, catchphrase with Nick and Dave. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a different flavour profile than anything we've had. Oh, uh, it it connected with a different part of my tongue mm. than I was used to. It was very refreshing, instantly refreshing. Yeah. Did you get that as well? Yeah, it is. It's pretty. It's real. Oh yeah, fruity. Really ref- Like you don't say that about whiskey very often, but this has got a. Uh, if I was going to sit outside on a warm summer's day beer garden vibe and have a whiskey, which you wouldn't normally do, you'd have a like, cider on ice or something like that. Mm. I would, I would be, contemplate having something like this. I'm trying to pick out the uh, the butterscotch he was talking about. I'm not quite there yet. I'm getting a mown grass aftertaste on the fin after, on the finish. Yeah. <clears throat> do you go around yeah. uh, mowing the lawn with your teeth a lot? Then, no, Dave? Oh mm. yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm turning into a horse Are you a and cow? a cow. Are you a yeah. cow? Having a good old chew on, on the grass. If you were a cow, Dave, what type of cow would you be? A big one. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. No what messing around of, there. What kind of cows are there? There's loads uh, of different cows. What kind of cow would you be? <laughs> I mean, you're going to answer the question. You've got to have an answer prepared yeah, yourself, I'll be one of those, surely. I'll be one of those, uh, I don't know what they're called, but the the big brown ones with the long hair with the horns. Right. No idea. Yeah, me either. <laughs> is, that, is that even a cow? Dude, I'm not, really, I'm not the cow expert. You know. Right, fine. Are you try Oh, Coming oh, soon, actually, cow and things. What? When did we do Connemara? I forgot to tell you a story about Connemara. Oh, yeah. And it's a good story about Connemara. I hope so. Otherwise, I will cut it out. You know how we talked about the fact it was had a taste of pony? Yeah. And there was a whole pony vibe <laughs> yeah. going on there. Wow. Well, well, it yeah. turns out, my friend Lucy tells me, that the only ever 
Olympic medaling pony yeah. is from Connemara. So they used a pony instead of a horse? Yes. Oh. They used a pony and it was in a, in a venting. Big ass pony. At the, 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 the one where they jumped the hurdles, the fences. Yeah. Not, not like at the, It was in the 60s or 70s. There was a pony. I've forgotten the name of it. But anyway, yeah. A pony. The only time a pony's ever competed and it won a medal. Only time it won it was in the Olympics. A pony competed with horses, and it won. <laughs> and it was Connemara. All that whiskey. Anyway, back was to, it being uh, ridden by a hobbit? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, if it's not, I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Yeah, know, but, no, uh, we will find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm loving this. I really am. Me too. This is this is very pleasant to drink. I'm getting a bit of spice actually, as well. I'm trying to. I am trying to pick out the wood, Dave. I'm not going to lie, as well. The Swedish oak. Can you taste the wood? Can you taste the wood? That tightly um, bound wood. Do, do you know what? It, if if there was bound. a wood that I would associate with this, it wouldn't be oak. It would be freshly uh, sawn pine. Really? Yeah. Well, like a like a sauna in Sweden. Is that it? Is that what you're picturing at the moment? I, I've, well, I've never I've never been to. To, to Sweden, I know about You've been the in sauna, don't you? But yeah, my granddad in his shed used to always have pine, and he would make things out of pine. Yeah, and you'd go in there, and the sawdust had that, had a smell like, and it, I loved that smell, like the CDT room smell. at school. Yeah, yeah, little, yeah. But I, I always loved that. If, if I pick up a, a bit of freshly like sanded down pine, smell yeah. it. Well, it it wasn't native, was it? You were saying oak wasn't native to Sweden, so maybe the it has taken on the characteristics or other woods from that area which I'm guessing might be pine if they're making a lot of saunas up there but definitely definitely because <laughs> that's all they I'm make is saunas yeah and uh, <laughs> Ikea furniture I've de- yeah I mean in fairness it kind of furniture reminds me of forest furniture <laughs> <laughs> tasting no, notes a tasting note anyway forest furniture <laughs> shall we get some tasting notes from the big man in the sky some proper tasting notes some proper ones this fly is bugging me <laughs> some proper <laughs> tasting notes so, God, you there, mate? You're up there? Salutations, gentlemen. Good word. Good very, word. Very good word. So, good uh, word. God, have you, you ever been to Sweden? You ever been to Sweden? You ever been to Sweden? Of course. I gifted them the concept of Ikea. Who doesn't like flat-packed furniture? Do you think something that amazing could have originated on Earth? Good point. Well, some of us are quite clever, but that's... He's got- bit patronizing, isn't it? You can also thank me for their meatball recipe. I find they go great with that Buffalo Trace bourbon that Nick likes so much, or Dave's regular glass of bullet. It really cuts through the fat. Cuts through the fat, does it? That sounds remarkably like something that Dean DeChoso said in episode 15. It does, doesn't it? Are you uh, plagiarizing Dean DeChoso's uh, tasting notes there, Mr. God? Nonsense! I don't like that guy. Even though I found him handsome and brave. He's got a great speaking voice. How dare you speak his name here! Whoa! Angry. Angry. Whoa, easy there, pony. He's touchy, isn't he? He's touchy today! (laughs) He is touchy! Whoa there! Whoa there! (laughs) Whoa there! Why don't you just calm down and get on with telling us about this Swedish whiskey... The Mac Myra Special <laughs> Summer Meta. <laughs> got that completely wrong, am I? Yeah. Oh, the Mac Myra Special <laughs> Six Single Malt Whiskey. 
Macmira Special, number six, single malt whiskey. Tasting notes. On the ice, pale like that of a white grape juice watered down. On the nose, you are hit with a fresh bounty from the orchard. Apricots, pears, and granny apples. Floral, with a bit of clean aromatics, like mint or eucalyptus. A delicate spiciness and herbal note is here, and if you've added water, that fruitiness becomes ever more present. On the palate, soft and fruity, a buttery mouthfeel. There is a deeper exploration into the orchard fruits now, but with a new note. Sweet citrus. Other notes like honey and butterscotch are present, but seem to end in that welcome citrus, followed by the fresh fruits again. This is turning out to be a refreshing single malt indeed. On the finish. Sweet. Citrus. Herbal. Soft and spicy tannins. Lengthy. Overall. A surprisingly fresh and almost palate-resetting single malt this is. That crisp and fresh-fruited nosing was very inviting, and the tasting confirms the excitement. Unfortunately, while this isn't available in the United States, for those that can grab this bottle, I highly suggest it as a refreshing change of pace in the scope of single malt enjoyment. Macmira Special Number Six Single Malt Whiskey. Tita. So yeah, he's correct. It's not available in the United States at the moment, uh, unfortunately. But um, it did pick out the apricots and pears. Apricot, yeah. Apricot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right there, and um, he also talked about the spicy tannins, which uh, you never know, mate. Did, might be from that that tight grain Swedish oak again. He's tasting the wood there. He is. He is. Yeah, I've, I mean, I think that was pretty spot on to what we were saying. Yeah, uh, you know, even even right at the end, a refreshing change of pace. I think is a um, is a nice sentence to describe this. Yeah. A refreshing change of pace. It definitely is not like anything we've had before, and it certainly was refreshing. So, yeah. thank you, God. Yeah. So, what you're saying is, Dave, we uh, we're getting to a point where we don't need the whiskey God anymore. Is that- I don't think we need him. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're. Maybe a couple more weeks, but you know, right. once I'll we get past week down 20. In case he hears you, you know, don't want to anger him. What? But, uh, once we get past episode 20, get rid of him. Yeah. Get rid of him. Get rid of his him. Contract, his contract's up by then. It is. It's fine. Get someone else in. <laughs> someone else, someone prettier. Yeah. Anyway. Some, um, someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we're here again from the Whiskey God next week. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles and that bloody whiskey god. Dude, because we started so late, I actually have half a dram left of this one. That's, that's very unlike you. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> it is very unlike you. Right. We got to the end of another episode. Uh, it was slightly different this week. It very was. Whiskey he- very whiskey heavy, but I think very interesting. Uh, I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, Kept me on my me toes too. doing a bit of a different... Uh, 
structure this week. Yeah, but just nice to hear hear more. Uh, similar to when we had Jay Bradley on from the Whiskey and Wealth Club. Incidentally, yeah. won some awards this week. Yes, uh, I saw for, that. For the business. So uh, congratulations, congratulations to guys. Congratulations, guys. Um, yeah, it's, ni- it's nice to hear from some real experts other than the God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on, on, the, on these He's things. Listening. Still in contract. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, of course. Still in contract. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a couple of things coming up, Nick, which uh, are quite exciting, which we should talk about. Um, okay. Th- next, this week, this coming Sunday, we are recording a live show. We are. We're going to have a live audience. Now, the original plan was that we would do proper live shows uh, in a venue and, and perhaps get some musicians to come along and perform a couple of sets and they'll be our special guests. And that's then edit a podcast out of that. Um, but obviously with the lockdown, we thought we'd try something different. So, so we're recording an episode in front of a live Zoom audience. Yes, we are. Uh, and we're very lucky to have a, a whole group of people on our Patreon page who have had the invite and they're going to come along. Uh, and this is going to be for episode 25. So we're, reco- we're recording way ahead here. But we have a couple of our old guests coming back and they're going to sing some songs for them. Uh, and so on and so forth. So it's it's plenty of time this week. It's it's Tuesday the day this episode goes up. You've got five days to sign up to Patreon and get an invitation to our live recording uh, on Zoom yeah. of episode 25. It's going to be fun. So we heard from Kate Sharp over in Massachusetts on, on Twitter this week. Hello, Kate who said, Sharp. Who said this, and this is wonderful, was a bit grumpy about something earlier, and I heard Nick Kent in my head say, I'm Glenn Livid, mate. <laughs> And started laughing. So well done, you. It's definitely a thing now. Wonderful. Um, it's a whiskey and thing. Yeah, it's moved over. It's moved it's over both. from whiskey to thing. You see, it's a thing. Oh, mate. It's a whiskey and a thing. That's Glenn the dream. Living. It's a whiskey and a thing. Oh my word. So anyway, next week. What are we doing next week, Nick? Next Obviously. week, um, we're going back to Scotland. We yes. are going to be tasting the Glen Farkless fifteen-year-old single Glen malt Scotch whiskey. Glen Farkless, Dave. Now, can you tell me what that means? Farkless is uh, is is when you're sitting at the back of a classroom and you're right. far away from the board, so you're Farkless. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So it's, it's the valley. I did tell of you the, this. A few, this was actually in an episode a few weeks ago. It's the valley of the being far away from your teacher. So it's a big. So the valley of the school, maybe the big, big one. valley. Yeah, valley of the big school. Yeah, we'll go with that. Valley Wrong. of the big school. Wrong. No. Valley of the green grass, David. Um, I prefer my one. Yeah, yours is better. Maybe you should start yeah. that one. Valley of the big school. So if you have any tasting <laughs> notes for that, listeners, please send them in. That'd be great to please, hear. Please, please do. And uh, we've got to the end of another show. We have. So number 17 is done. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next week with hopefully some more whiskey and more things. Yes. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Nailed it! Smashed it! Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.